coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. This is the award-winning Parareality Radio. Good evening, everybody. My name is Sandman, and I'm going to be your host for the next two hours this evening. It is Saturday, July 16th, 2016, and that means that it's time for another episode of Parareality Radio. As you know, I've been gone from the air for a little while, made my triumphant return last month in June with uh, the annual, albeit a little late, the annual Skeptics Night. And uh, as always, uh, my guest was Mr. John Harrison, who is a uh, scientist and confirmed paranormal skeptic and uh always have good reviews whenever he's on the air and uh last month last show last episode was no exception and i want to extend my thanks out to him for making his uh usual yearly appearance although it was a little bit late but i want to thank mr john harrison for making his usual appearance here on parareality radio for skeptics night and of course he will return next year in april the normal date for skeptics night he will be back. All right, everybody. Tonight, I'm going to be t- taking on a topic that I think doesn't get much coverage, and that is celebrity UFO sightings. Seems like every little thing that celebrities do gets scrutinized to the nth degree. You just about can't watch TV or even go on the internet without hearing about a celebrity who did something you know, mundane, like take a shit and then wipe his or her ass. However, what you don't really hear about are the times when something paranormal happens to a celebrity. To a celebrity, And maybe that's because that's the one thing that they don't seem to want publicized. Maybe that's because they think it would make them seem more weird and crazy than what they really are, than what they normally are. I don't know. Tonight, though, I'm going to shed some light on that subject, and we're going to talk about celebrity UFO sightings. Now, some of these celebrities are film TV actors. Some are historical celebrities. And then uh, there are a few uh, political celebrities thrown in there. And there's a couple of, of course, you couldn't couldn't do it without throwing a couple of astronauts in there. So I'm going to have some astronaut celebrities on as well. But first of all, before I get into that, let me tell you how you can get in contact with me. Because as you know, there are a few different ways that you can go about doing that. First of all, send an email to Sandman at Parareality.com. That's Sandman at Parareality.com. If you can't remember it, just go to the website, www.parareality.com, and my email address is plastered on there somewhere. I'm also available on Facebook. Just look for Parareality Radio on Facebook or Sandman Parareality on Facebook. So there's a couple of different ways you can find me there on Facebook. And, of course, I am now on Twitter, and you can follow me there on Twitter at Parareal Radio. That's at Parareal Radio on Twitter. 
And finally, you can still call the studio line at 615-692-1170 and leave a message. Yes, I still have the studio line from all those years ago when I was doing live shows before I moved to a podcast. And one day here in the very near future, I am going to return to the live show arena. I will be doing live shows once again, and that's why I saved that phone number. So if you want to call and leave me a message, just call 615-692-1170. Just be aware that I may play your comment back on the show. So if you don't want me to play that comment, you better tell me in the message. Just by leaving me that message, it's giving me permission to play it back on the show at my discretion. And you never know, I just may actually be in the studio whenever you call, and I may actually answer the phone. So that number to call once again is 615-692-1170. And uh, those are all the ways you can get in touch with me, Sandman, here on Parareality Radio. Holy shnikes, ladies and gentlemen. I have just had an unannounced visitor come into the radio studio, the Parareality Radio Studios. I was just talking about you less than five minutes ago. Ladies and gentlemen, John Harrison's back. Hey. Hello, hey. Oh, let me get Hello, that. Let me adjust the mic over here. Hey. How you doing? Man, I was just, uh, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm all right. I was just talking about you. I was saying how uh, you always have your, 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 when you come on for Skeptics Night, it's always, uh, always get good, uh, good reviews out of it and uh and uh so uh it's like i was it was a premonition hey here you are see how you were doing Uh, well i'm i'm doing great i'm i'm just started uh recording my latest episode that i'm that i'm going to do it's uh celebrity ufo sightings i'm going to be talking about that tonight would you like to uh stick around and uh i would love to learn stuff about celebrity UFOs and give your uh Skeptical opinions. Hey. hey, didn't Jimmy Carter say that he saw a UFO? Is he on your list? He is on the list. I'm not going to hey, tell you where right. he falls on the list, but he is on the list. So what do, what do you say? I can't wait to hear about it. All right, well let's let's talk about celebrity UFO sightings. Since you're man, it's a, a, a very pleasant surprise that you were here, and I, I know this may sound like a setup, but I really wasn't planning on having anyone here in the studio whenever I, I did this episode. So it's great that you stopped by to uh, just well, to see if I was here. Thank you for allowing in, me to participate. In the in the area I see. Oh wait, look at this. I'm going to I'm going to light the official candle here. There we go. Get some ambiance going on in this bitch. Okay. So uh you know when the average Joe phones in to claim that they have witnessed a UFO, we probably hear not a lot about it, mm-hmm. unless that he manages to get on one of these, you know, uh, quote unquote reality TV shows or whatever. That when a world-renowned celebrity tells the world that they've seen something unusual, people pay attention to that. People do pay attention, but it's not as widely reported as the everyday Joe mm-hmm. for some reason. And I was just saying before you came in, I think probably because uh, the celebrities don't want to seem any more weird and crazy than what they normally are. But these days, uh, bad publicity for celebrities seems to be good publicity. You know what I'm saying? Publicity is good publicity. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Well, you know, we, 
I think we give these people a credit, or we assume these people a credit, just because we see them portrayed in the film or the TV or yeah. anything like that. So we think we know them, and we th- because we think we know them, I think we give them more of the benefit of the doubt than we do mm. just an absolute stranger. Maybe so. Maybe so. Just an idea. It's a very, it's a very valid point. I mean, because you feel like you know these people because you've seen all their movies, you're a fan or whatever, you know. So that makes point. But it can't be easy anyway for anyone to speak up and and make a UFO claim, yet alone someone whose income depends largely on people going to see their movies, buying their work, whether right. it's you know movies or, or music or, or famous authors or whatever. Get your name out there. Yeah. Uh, in recent years, there's been an increasing number of celebrities who's been willing to, it seems like, risk their, their public reputation due to a, a sure faith in what it is that they've seen. It could be that aliens are amassing and are ready to introduce themselves to everybody, or it could simply be that there's you know, unidentified flying objects around in the air, and that's all, and these people have seen them. You know, they, they may not have had... Uh, any alien connection or anything like that. I don't know. Uh, there was, uh, uh, everybody knows who Larry King is. Um, had that, the Larry yeah. King show on okay. CNN for eons. Yeah. Uh, he did, uh, he's doing commercials on pay. He's doing those pay, paid advertisement commercials. Oh uh, yeah. Like I, I was at work one night and like four in the morning he came on and he was doing some nutritional supplement type oh. thing. Trying to have kind of like a fake interview with, mm. the, with the people doing it. Surprised that. it wasn't for something like Viagra or Cialis for daily I'm use or something. I probably missed that one. Oh, my God. Well, on his show a few years ago, he did a survey, and 86% of people said that they believed in aliens. That's just the people who watched his show who answered the survey. Right. Um, this is definitely not... A scientifically sound study, but it does suggest that many of us are open to the possibility that we're not alone in this big, wide universe of of ours because we don't know really how big it is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, as far as we can tell, it's infinite. Exactly, and it's expanding. Yep. So I have compiled a list. So every second we have more and more infinite. Yeah, there's more than what there was just a second ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have compiled a list of fourteen celebrity UFO sightings. And why 14? Why not 15? Because I really didn't feel like... 14 is a good number. I didn't, I didn't feel like making 15. And so I was like, uh, how many do I have here? And I counted, I was like, 14? That's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go in in reverse order. We're going to start with number 14. And this is, this is significant as far as what I'm concerned. Because mm-hmm. this is my freaking list, right? So... We're going to start with number 14. Is how credible they are or how no. fantastic they are? No, just of how well I like the story. Okay. <laughs> That's really it. <laughs> it's my effing show. I'm going to make it how I want to. So now some of these um, stories are a little bit longer than others, depending on how much information I could find out about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you make up your own mind. Those of you who are listening and you, John, make up your own mind uh, as to what you think about it. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with number 14, and that is from Billy Ray Cyrus, Mr. Achy Breaky Heart himself. Really? really? You know, it seems like as if dealing with freaking Miley's erratic behavior isn't enough. Whatever the hell is going on with her, <laughs> if that isn't enough. Here's the coaster, dude. That's my interview desk. 
will smack you upside the head. Okay. <laughs> so if if dealing with Miley isn't freaking bad enough for this guy, Billy Ray Cyrus found himself keeping an eye on some odd-looking shapes moving around the sky. I, I lost the date when this was. Um, this was uh, in the evening time. Mm-hmm. And he even claimed that he made the first celebrity well, actually, he probably did make the first celebrity UFO tweet, mm-hmm. and he he tweeted out a picture of it, and um, the you know everybody that follows him on his his Twitter feed there, and his exact words were, "Okay, my first UFO sighting looks like five or six disc shapes hovering. Special moment for Dad." So. uh I don't know, maybe after hearing that or reading that, you're inclined to believe that uh, he's seen some UFOs uh, from another planet. Maybe, you know. Did he say it was right above the horizon? Nah, that's what he, that was the tweet. That's all I got. I, you know, I want to say I think he saw a mirage. Could have been. I really think it could have been a mirage effect. When when I was driving out. I don't know what time it was. I what? don't know where, the, where he was. I'm assuming it was probably here in the Nashville area. I never... Yeah, being here in the south, sometimes we see mirages on the roads after it rains. Yes. Or in in the Extreme summertime heat. when it's really, really, really hot. You know, we see, we think we see little puddles or something on the on the street, right? It right. It's like water, and then it yeah. finishes as mm-hmm. soon as we get up closer to it. I'm so thirsty. When Damn I, it! When I was driving in the desert, I saw exactly the same thing, but they were much, much, much more severe. Because the temperature differential between the, the hot pavement and the sky up above it was so huge, being that it was the desert and all. Yeah. Um, so mirages can be really, really, really severe. And if he was saying that he saw something on the horizon, that makes me wonder if it could have been a mirage. I don't know. It's hard hard to say. Yeah. The the, the all the info I got is from the tweet. Mm-hmm. So five or six, uh, what was it? Uh, five, five or six uh, disc shapes hovering. You know, it can right above, right above the road, where you have that disruption mm-hmm. layer. You know, it can bend light, and maybe it looks like ovals or could be, or little circles or whatnot, and then you can have reflection and diffraction to make multiples of them. Ooh, neat idea. Neat idea, but maybe that's it. Maybe not. Maybe he really did see something Maybe he can't he really explain. What? Well, well, he did see something he he can't explain. Not saying there's not a scientific explanation for it. Absolutely. But he actually did see something that he can't explain. So, is this considered an unidentified flying object? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad to hear you say that cause I because I say the same thing. We just don't know what he. We don't know what the hell it was. And a UFO doesn't mean a. A, Does it a mean an craft from another planet? Yeah, it means, means it was an unidentified. Yeah, it was object. something flying in the air, and I don't know what the hell it was. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, all right. So that we're was a good story. I wish I could a see a good story in ten seconds. I wish. Yeah, I wish. Uh, I'm not a follower of Billy Ray Cyrus, and I don't read his tweets. If anybody I, has a picture of that or can mm-hmm. find a picture, go ahead and send it in. And yeah, please, uh, Sandman at Parareality There you go. Uh, and I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't follow him on Twitter, uh, and I damn sure don't follow uh, what the fuck is her name, Molly Ray, Molly uh, Cyrus. I don't yeah. follow her. If if I had to follow one of them, I'd, I'd follow Billy Ray. So but, we're uh, depending on you, world. Find yes. Find us that picture. Find us the picture. It's a challenge. 
I, I challenge unto you to find this tweet if you can from Billy Ray Cyrus. So uh, that was number 14. Number 13 is none other than the man in black. No, not Johnny Cash. What? Will Smith. Will, oh. Will Smith. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it could be that uh, starring in too many alien movies is, maybe is getting to Will Smith. I mean, he's starred in, what, Three Men in Black yeah. and, what, uh, After Earth. Welcome and, to Earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's had said that uh, he and some of his friends saw some, some ETs. Mm. Uh, the story's like this. Uh, I'm sad that he is not in the latest Independence Day movie. Did you see that movie? No, I haven't seen. I it I heard yet. it tanked. I haven't seen really? it yet either. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, seen it. I've I've heard it I've tanked. Been too busy. Well, think about it that, like this: there was all this hype about it coming up to the movie. The movie made its premiere, and what have you heard about it since it no. premiered? Exactly. You know why? Because it, it's shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happens whenever a movie is shit. Yeah. They hype it up so they'll get as many people to go see it on opening weekend then, as they can, so they can make as much money before crickets. word gets out. Yeah. So um, I haven't seen it. But I've heard that it's that it's uh, poo poo and doo doo. Did you ever get around to seeing that uh, Gods of Egypt movie? Negative Ghost Rider. Uh, we'll have to wait for the DVD paper on one because <laughs> I knew that was going to tank. Also, yeah, but I still wanted to see it on the big screen. I yeah. knew that was going to tank. Yeah, I, I totally knew that was going to tank. But I wanted to see it on the big screen. There, are, there are movies. I am a huge movie fan, and I love bad, horrible <laughs> movies. <laughs> Because they're good in but, a certain oh way. Oh, my God, yes. They have their charm. And there are some movies that are out there that you know this is going to suck donkey balls, but I'm going to go see it. Because <laughs> you never know. It may obtain cult status. Yes. It may, it may be so bad that it's good. You ever seen The Room? No, I haven't. You should see The Room. Okay. I'm not even going to tell you about what, okay. what it's about. All right. You should look it up and then go see it. Okay. As a matter of fact, every so often, uh, around here in the Nashville area, we have this uh, historic theater called the Belcourt that uh, just got remodeled, so uh, it's lost, going to lose a lot of its charm. It's going to open up next weekend. Oh, really? Really, that's yes. Soon, that's soon. Yes, that soon. Um, and every once in a while, chair squeaks a yes, lot. every once in a while, they show The Room uh-huh. at like a midnight movie, so um, we may have to go. Yeah. Okay, so uh, anyway, getting back to Will Smith. So uh, his son decided that uh, his dad experience was enough to warrant asking the President of the United States directly about UFOs. Now, it happened that the family was spending some time at the White House, and uh, despite Will Smith warning Jaden not to do this, he did it anyway and asked President Obama whether aliens existed. <laughs> so, uh, you know, in true presidential style, he said that he could neither confirm nor deny their existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was enough to make Jaden happy, apparently. <laughs> uh, Will Smith's also been immortalized through uh, a term named after him and used by those in ET circles. It's uh, the Will Smith effect. It's a name that's been given to uh, the apparent rise in UFO sightings at the time that alien-related movies are released by Hollywood. Really? Yes. It's called the Will Smith effect. Now, I don't know exactly what Will Smith saw, 
I just know that he saw something and related to his son. But what I thought, why this made my list, even though we don't really have a an occurrence, the reason why this made it my list was because the freaking kid asked the president, yeah. hey, what, what about the UFO situation? Hmm. So I got to give it to, I, I guess it really should be considered more of a, of a Jaden Smith than a Will Smith thing. But, uh, oh, that counts. Though. Yeah, but Will's more popular. I think what's real interesting is you said something about the Will Smith effect. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. So uh, people are actually trying to figure out this thing. It's like, oh, scientists have put so, or somebody has put a name on it. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, all right, everybody's group psychology saying, oh, yeah, I saw UFO too. <laughs> right when the right yeah. when a movie comes out. Yeah, or they look up. They're looking up in the air in the sky. Yeah, you know more frequently. You know who they knows? See all those chemtrails. You know, chemtrails are real, dude. All you got to do is look up in the sky and you see them. <laughs> Don't fuck with me on this. So, what the hell number was that? Uh, Thirteen. So now we're moving on to number twelve, and this is one that you're going to find interesting because I know you like history, right? Yes. This is Alexander the Great. Really, really. If you think that aliens. Have only had technology to zigzag around the skies in the last century or so. You need mm. to think again, dude. And we know that that's not true, right? All the way back four thousand years, mm-hmm. if not six thousand. Yeah, at least five or six thousand. So Alexander the Great, he apparently witnessed some UFO stuff up close and personal, mm-hmm. and uh, they were uh, putting an end to some of his warmongering. Really? Uh, yeah, those who wrote the history books spoke of two UFO craft, flying saucers, if you will, uh, flying at his armies, scaring the the bejesus out of the the guys, his mm-hmm. men, and the and the elephants that they had. Uh, so much to the extent that they uh, wouldn't return to the place by the river where this sighting happened. They wouldn't go back. And these UFOs were described as shining silvery shields that spat fire around their rims. They were Vimanas is what they mm, were. They could have been Vimanas. Yeah, because, because he was kept on traveling to the east and ran into India, and he had to stop in India. And well, come on back. So they, they were Vimanas. Well, man. whatever they were, they came from the sky and then went back to the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at the time, they were about to uh, cross the river into Persia. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, Afghanistan. Yep. So it seemed that something of interest lay on the other side for both the aliens and the army. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know if the manas would be all the way in Persia or not, but, well, uh, you know, I mean, they can fly, so why not? Iran and Afghanistan, Pakistan, and India, so in that little area right up in there they probably would have run up into the the Kashmir Valley okay and not too far from that isn't wasn't that where Mohenjo-daro is not Mohenjo-daro um have I said that right oh hell the, I'm, the I'm ancient, trying to think of I'm trying to picture remember your ancient aliens is the ancient civilization in India mm-hmm. that they some people believe has got way too much radiation count in the archaeological layer. So they think that that was the site of an ancient nuclear explosion and that very, very, very ancient civilization. Yeah. I think it's called Mohenjo-Dara. Uh, you're probably right. And so if they were in the in that same area, 
you know, Alexander probably would have run into that civilization or what was left of it after the nuclear war that happened in India. And of course, in you know, if it's in India, then the what's what's the name of that book? Bahavagita. The Mahabharata. Mahabharata, yes, mm. the Mahabharata. See, I do know some shit. Yeah. You know, maybe, and of course in the Mahabharata, you know, they had these flying things, you know, so they were the weapons, the bananas. Maybe that's um, it? Yeah. Maybe that's it. You got it. Okay. Next. Next. All right. <laughs> so that was what, uh, number, what, 12, number 11. Get this. Big time star here, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Dude, I don't know Russell Crowe. <laughs> yes. The last time he was over at my house, he got he drunk really and dead. pissed in the middle of the living room. Yes. He was an ass. So I kicked him out. So in uh, his recent Hollywood blockbuster, Noah, mm-hmm. uh, Russell Crowe was communicating. Well, the whole things are aliens around. Yeah. He was, he was communicating with the Watchers, who are, are fallen angels who helped him fulfill his mission to build the Ark. That's mm-hmm. the Noah character there. Before that, he was filming his own supposed UFO encounters, though. Uh, of course, if anyone has the money to make the use of special effects, mm-hmm. it would be him, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so it was received with a little bit of skepticism from the commu- the UFO community, obviously. Uh, wh- what he did was he filmed a video that he posted on YouTube, uh, in which he said was intended to show fruit bats at botanic gardens. Mm-hmm. And instead, it seemed to show what he claims is a UFO, something that he still defends to this very day. Now, where was he at when he filmed that? I do not know. I mean, was he on, like, I do not know. I do not know. Everything that I know, I just told you. Fruit bats are in... Fruitopia. Malaysia. South South America. They're in South America, aren't they? Are they in South America, too? Aren't aren't fruit bats... Could be. I don't know anything about a fruit bat. Uh, so I was just trying to figure tiny, out. Right? No, fruit bats are huge. Fruits are bats are huge. See, see, I don't know. I t- told you, huge. I don't know anything they're about like, fruit bats. Like the big old flying foxes that have wingspan like like like, like what you would think would be the typical vampire bat. Vampire bats are tiny. Hey, these things are huge. You need me to look up. You'll look you up a picture. Uh, it's not going to do my my listeners any no. good because they can't see it. Well, all right. Imagine a fruit <laughs> bat, and this is like. Big, 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 big sucker. Like six, eight foot wingspan from tip to tip. And they're brown and they've got black, black heads. And their, black heads, heads. their heads are really pointed. Like they're. Don't they have kind of furry on them? Like, they, yeah, they look like a fox's, fox's head where the snout's really thin okay. and long. I'm sure I've seen fruit bats before. It's just been, it's been, it's been a while. So, Name anyway. Anyway, that video is supposedly still up on YouTube if you want to check it out. So just uh, type in Russell Crowe Russell Crow UFO, UFO. Yeah, okay. on YouTube. Okay. So next we have, everybody knows about this guy and his UFO obsession, Dan Aykroyd. Really? I did not know this. Where have you been for the last I did not know two this. decades? I mean, I saw Ghostbusters a couple times, but... Oh, my God. Okay. So Are you going to see the new movie? With the girls? Yeah, <laughs> I I have already been told that I must go see. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to go see it. So, in, 
In addition to busting ghosts on the big screen, Dan Aykroyd's been having his fair share of experiences with beings from other worlds, if you will. Now, he's always been a fan of UFOs and uh, stuff like that, but apparently sometime in the 80s, uh, he had an experience at his home when he was uh, awakened in the middle of the night. And now he claims that around three in the morning, he woke up just out of his sleep and he looked over and told his wife that he needed to go outside because the aliens were calling him. And his he and his wife both kind of just brushed it off. You know, he like came to his senses. He and his wife brushed it off like, uh, you know, oh, it was some sort of dream or something like that. You know, uh, he was thinking about or whatever and and went back to sleep but it later turned out that a lot of people had been woken up at the same time on that very same day at three o'clock in the morning and some of these people actually did go outside and when they walked out the front door they witnessed a large pink spiral that was suspended in the sky a large Pink spiral. A large pink spiral that was suspended in the sky. And uh, Ackroyd has backed up these claims in in interviews on mm-hmm. TV and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that is really weird. It's like uh, it, he was part of like a mass calling to go outside. And it, nothing happened. They just walked outside and they saw the mass pink spiral. And they're like, oh, okay, you know, mm-hmm. what the hell is this? Those that actually did go. So maybe it was some sort of an experiment or something like that. I want you know? to say, I, I want to imagine, I wonder if it was a lenticular cloud. Have you seen... A lenticular you, cloud that you, mentally contacts people in the middle of the... at three in the morning while they're sleeping and says, come outside? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, so how do you explain not. that, Mr. Scientist? No, I, I, I can't. They wanted to go outside. It was 3 a.m. It was 3 a.m. Woken up from a sleep. You woke up. And you say, oh, man, the aliens, they, they, i got to go outside. They're calling me to go outside. And you go outside, and there's a big pink spiral in the sky. Like, hey, dude, what's up? It's like, are you going to take us with us or what? <laughs> Do you just want us to come out yeah. of here? This is it? <laughs> I've been building what models of your spaceship out of mashed potatoes. It's like, could you give me a little bit more here? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, maybe it was some sort of an experiment, maybe some sort of contact experiment or something like that. How am, I, how am I supposed to know? You know I don't if, know. It didn't happen. Going, to me. If you're going to come down here and just talk to a few people and that's it, I thought, that's it. You're just up there in the sky. You're not going to take me. You're not going to maybe, maybe, maybe those man. were all the people that they had anally probed in the past, mm-hmm. and they just wanted to see how they were doing. Mm-hmm. Check up on them. Yeah. How's your anus? <laughs> it's kind of blue. Yeah. There's there are Klingons around it. That's, that's how it is. <laughs> You're angry too. Yes, angry Klingons. So next we move on to probably someone who I, they smell funny. I would say is even uh, <laughs> is probably even more famous than Dan Aykroyd, and that would be Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. <laughs> now, admittedly, at first you may wonder if Mick Jagger was mistaking. I don't know, like Keith Richards for an alien. Because the dude is a dried <laughs> up looking <laughs> bastard, you know. My they God. Have, they had too many damn drugs. Yeah. I, I'm surprised. Yeah, that that's another thing. Is they, maybe you think he popped a few too many, you know, special tablets or something like that. But regardless of what you believe, 
Mick Jagger's been convinced by not one, but two UFO sightings. The first was at uh, Glastonbury Music Festival back in 1968, where he saw a cigar-shaped and luminous craft lighting up the sky. Hmm. Just, it was uh, enough of an event for him to, excuse me, install a UFO detector in his home. Whatever the hell that is, I don't know what a UFO detector that is. <laughs> so whatever it is, it's some sort of device that picked up changes in electromagnetic fields around it. So I don't. I don't know. Maybe somebody, some dude back in 1968 was like, uh, you say a UFO? I've got a UFO detector that I'll sell to you. It'll be about half a million pounds. It will. And I'll install it for free. And then a, then a year later, in 69, he had a second experience with a craft. And as a result of this, he is a confirmed UFO Believer, mm-hmm. as is also Keith Richards, who uh, he also claims that he's seen a few. So <laughs> he's seen a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah. So uh, that's mm, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like yeah. I, saw I would one. you know I would believe uh, Mick Jagger over Keith Richards. <laughs> I think actually Keith Richards is a freaking alien because the dude's immortal. I mean. Jesus Christ. So next we come to one of my favorite musicians of all time, Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar. Which, by the way, I'm going to be, he's uh, Sammy and, uh, what's, it, what's his name, The Circle? I think that's his latest project, okay. Sammy and The Circle. They're going to be playing in uh, Red Rocks, Colorado, mm-hmm. which is an outdoor amphitheater. Like in, yeah, there's many, yeah. yeah, they're going to be playing, uh, you've been there? I think I've been there. Well, I'm going in September, man. Ooh. I'm going to see Sammy in the Circle in Red Rocks, September the 5th on Labor Day. Wow. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be super cool. A little mini vacay. Anyway, this is probably one of the most bizarre celebrity sightings, and it can be attributed to Sammy Hagar was here. He Cabo San Lucas when he saw this? No. No, 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 no. He didn't just see ETs or anything like that. He was apparently abducted by them and probed with what he described as some kind of wireless device. Yep. There were two of the aliens in the UFO and according to him they were connected to him somehow through his mind. Mm -hmm. Now at the time it happened he didn't talk much about it because he really wasn't sure how to you know explain what had happened to him there and now that we have wireless technology here on the planet it's become easier for him to give uh, a more clear picture of what happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been fascinated by UFOs and aliens ever since this mm-hmm. has happened. Mm-hmm. And he's even written like songs about them extensively. Really? I'm going to play a song here in just a little bit uh, from him on the break. Um, well, at the end of the show is when I got it scheduled. That's about... Aliens. And it's, no, it's not Space Station number five either. It's uh, sil- Silver silver something. I can't remember what the hell the name I'll have to look on my paper mm-hmm. here in a minute. But uh, yeah, so um, he's actually written about it. Um, and uh, as a matter of fact, uh, he did an interview in back in 2011, and he said, 
and this is a quote, if we're really the only ones out there, that's scarier to me than thinking there are aliens. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to agree with him on that. I, I really I, do. I and he writes about this in his uh, autobiography, Red, mm-hmm. which is a freaking phenomenal book, man. It is a great read if you've never read it. Yet. And I'm not being paid by Sammy Hagar to endorse this. You need to, if you are a fan of rock and roll, you don't have to be a fan of Sammy Hagar. If you're a fan of rock and roll, yes, that was my foot, you need to read that book. Uh, my next book to, that I'm going to read about the rock and roll lifestyle is Kicking Dreaming by Anna Nancy Wilson, their autobiography. I, I just It's been out for a few years. I just haven't gotten it yet. I keep debating, do I want the Kindle version or do I want the book? You want the book. Eh, probably so. That's want something real. But, but yeah, he wrote about this in his in his autobiography, Red, which is one of the most freaking wildest tales. Not not just this UFO thing, but the whole book is one of the wildest tales ever. Mm. It's like I want to be this dude. <laughs> I want to be Sammy Hagar. So next, actually, I wanted to oh, ask you something. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of people have um, attributed. Um, what do you call uh, abduction? Abdu- feelings of abduction or memories yeah. of abduction mm-hmm. to um, night terrors, sleep paralysis, sleep paralysis. Yes, I've done a show about that. They they were wondering whether or not you know it could be a similar effect as you know we have stories from the Middle Ages of trolls or fairies or demons coming and sitting on your on your chest and then feeling like you know. People are taking youngins and replacing it. So incubus, we, succubus. replaced the incubi and succubi and the fairies and stuff like and that. The old now hags. With, now with ETs. A- aliens, yeah. And Dude, that's theory. You're not just now. No, no I'm okay. I mean, just. This has been out there for years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I just discovered this. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just wanted to hear your opinion on it since I haven't seen that show heard that show okay so i have actually experienced sleep paralysis myself once one of the scariest things that has ever happened to me in my whole entire life and so what was it like uh scary <laughs> was it just that you just had a feeling of it was dread? terrifying it was no it was terrifying it was um it was it was early in the morning early enough that the sun had come out mm-hmm. and um i had worked like really late the night before and i didn't get to bed until sometime after midnight like in the the wee hours of the morning yeah. you know and um I was sleeping, and I remember uh, the. it was, like I said, early enough. It was still morning, and the sun had already come out. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I, I got this feeling that I was being watched while I was sleeping. And I, I was sleeping on my back at the time. And I'm not, I'm usually a side sleeper. I don't mm-hmm. sleep on my back much, at least yeah. not that I'm aware of. And this particular moment, I was sleeping on my back, and 
I got this in my sleep. I got this feeling that I was being watched, Mm -hmm. which is very common. And I opened my eyes and the only thing I could move was kind of my head very slightly. Mm -hmm. And I opened my eyes and I kind of turned and the way that the, my bed was positioned in my bedroom was the, uh, the bedroom door was off to the right. If you think of, of your, of the bed and the, the doorway, the doorway was at like a, a one o'clock on mm-hmm. the dial, you know, from the foot of the bed. And, um, yeah, we're still rolling. Okay. little computer glitch there. And anyway, the, it was like a, a, a the one o'clock from the foot of the bed. Mm-hmm. And I kind of turned my head ever so slightly because that's all I could do. And I looked and because I, once again, I was, I got the feeling I was being watched and I was mm-hmm. kind of panicky and I looked and there was this tall woman, female in a white dress that was kind of dingy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't modern. It was like maybe 18th century, flowy, white, dingy dress, mm-hmm. kind of lacy. And did you ever see that movie, The Ring? Yeah. Where it had the girl, yeah. what was yeah. her name? I yeah, no coming up out of the well and shit. Yeah. You know, she had the long, wet hair. Was yeah. like, that's what that's what the hair on this thing looked like, and that it very much reminded me of that character from The Ring. Uh-huh. And she was as tall as the door was the wow. the door frame, not as wide but as tall, and was just standing there looking at me, and I freaked out, man. I, uh, my heart started pounding. Mm-hmm. I was panicking. I wanted to scream and jump up, but not only could I not move, but I couldn't make a sound either. Right. All I could do was like, look at this mm-hmm. thing standing there in the doorway, looking at me. And the reason why I want to say that it was, you know, light out daylight outside is because there was plenty of light in the room for mm-hmm. me to see. So it's not like I was mistaking something for something else, you know. Uh, And this whole thing only lasted for just a matter of a few seconds, you know, maybe 10 or 15 seconds. There's my creepy clock. Maybe 10 or 15 seconds, something like that. And then everything kicked on and I was able to move and everything. And as soon as you were able to move. As soon as I was able to do that, gone, disappeared. And it it freaked me out. And that is very common for people who have sleep paralysis to see something like that. Wow. Um, it, yeah, it's, like I said, one of the most scary things that has ever happened to me ever. Because the fear and the panic was real. Mm-hmm. That wasn't made up. What I was seeing was not real, but the what it gave me, mm-hmm. you know, the response that I had to it was absolutely 100% real. Yeah. And there's, you've woken up unexpectedly and found someone in your room or something like that, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, quite often. And uh, I don't even want to (laughs) know. And it's kind of scary, you know, or if you're like taking a nap on the couch and you wake up and, you know, your roommate is there or, Mm. or your wife or girlfriend or whoever, your significant other, um, 
it's kind of startling, you know, you wake up and you're like, oh, you know, it, that's kind of what it was, you know, except I had this feeling before I opened my eyes. I was mm-hmm. like, you just get that feeling that you're being watched. And so I'll open up my eyes and there's someone that you're not expecting to be there that's there and they look creepy as fuck. Yeah. And your first instinct is to go, ah, and then you want to jump up, you know. Well, I couldn't go. Not only could I not jump up, but I couldn't go, ah, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I was just, doing it in my head. In my head, just, I was like, ah. <laughs> and just hold on to that trapped feeling for yeah. a good 30 yeah, it's like I said, it was like it was only fifteen, ten or fifteen seconds, you know, but it was the scariest ten or fifteen seconds of my life. And of course, when I when I got my senses gathered about me and got calmed down because my heart was like, yeah, and then I kind of I kind of put two and two together and figured out, oh man, you know, I just had sleep paralysis, which harkens back to hagging the old hag, you know. Would a beat of arrhythmias? Oh my God, like, dude! Like, don't like think about it like of, that. Like a roll of VTAC, would that give you the same panic? <sighs> if the run of VTAC was long enough, you you would die. You know, exactly, but if it was kind of like you know one of the short one of the short bursts that we have, like you know a five second, ten second. I don't think run. that would be enough to cause it. No, I, 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 just I don't. Wonder. <sighs> You do that experiment. You okay. get the you get the funding for that, yeah. and we'll see. Okay. It's like here. I'm going to stop your heart for a second. Let me know if you feel some aliens or shit. Yeah, yeah. You get you get the federal funding for that, and I'll be one of your your okay. research people. Right. Uh, I'll Did be you your your assistant. I'm not. You're not going to experiment on me. I'll just be your research assistant. Okay. So moving along, <laughs> we digress here. Now. <laughs> we digress here. So my next celebrity is Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Yes. And, uh, you know, he's all in the news now because he just died. Yeah. So um, the reason that I put him on the list was because I was reading some stuff about him and I read that he was a big uh, UFO enthusiast. I did not know So, that. you know, dig a little research and Ali uh, wasn't the only thing that would float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Did you have that in there, right? The... The guy, the the man, the legend that he was, he always believed in aliens from the time he was a young boy. And he claims to have seen a lot of buzzing, you know, a lot of craft around the skies mm-hmm. throughout his whole entire lifetime. Uh, one more memorable occurrence of his happened one day while he was out running in uh, Central Park in New York. And he saw a bright light appear right over his head and he which he followed around for as long as he could while New he was City? while he was running. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, in Central Park. And uh, he had a in friend. Mm-hmm, yeah. He had a friend who was also his trainer. This guy was named Angelo Dundee who was with him that day and he also saw the same thing and not only did they both see it, but apparently so did a lot of other people. And this was at night. This wasn't during the day. But apparently a lot of other people saw it too, including an airline pilot who reported seeing it while he was touching down at Newark Airport. So Ali believed in aliens and UFOs and claimed that he saw a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But that's probably one of his most, I guess, memorable things. I wonder why more So what, what do you think? I wonder why more people... It's New York. Witness it. Well, exactly. It's New yeah. York. There should be a million eyes on it. 
if something strange like that were to go on. Certainly somebody, I would have expected that there would have been wide reporting of an unidentified object in Central Park. Well, if it's at night, mm-hmm. and, and maybe not everybody is looking up at night. Well, I mean, what were the weather conditions? Could he have yeah. been seeing Venus? We just don't you know, know, Venus gets mistaken for a UFO a lot, apparently. Yeah. I don't see how that gets mistaken Would for a UFO. Would you be able to see Venus in New York City? That was, that was well, it's at Central Park, so the the light refraction there might not be as great as if you were, you know, out in the streets or something. Mm. But that's a good point. But, I mean, and there, there are... There's more than one airport there in New yeah. York. Was he seeing an, an airplane, the lights of an airplane? Yeah. But he claimed he followed it around. So it was clearly moving. Right. So it could have been an airplane. I, I, don't, I, I do not know. What else could it have been if it wasn't an airplane and it wasn't Venus? I know. The moon? Maybe this is what he was seeing on the horizon and it was just moving around. There's just, I don't know, there's just not enough. Ball lightning? That gets blamed for a lot of you. Maybe ball lightning, right? Maybe there was a storm there's going just, There's oh. just not enough information in that story for me to come up with an idea of. of oh, there's really not a lot of information in these stories for you to come up with any kind of. Yeah. Yeah, we're just speculating here. Yeah, food for thought. Okay, so moving along, let's see, let, let, me, make the, let me make the countdown. What number are we on here? So we got 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7. Ooh, we're halfway done. That was number 7. That was halfway. Wow. We should probably... Oh, yeah, we got 10 minutes before the half of the show. Hey. So... We're making good time. We're, we are. We're making extremely good time here. So, uh, let's talk about uh, number 6 here, and then we'll take a break, because this will be, we'll be at the top of the hour. And we'll take a we'll take right. a quick break and, and play some UFO music for these great fans of mine that are listening to the show. So number six, guess without looking at the paper. I'll give I'll give you hints. Okay. 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 Hints. Besides, it's a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Musician. Musician. Dead. Dead. <laughs> Was it one that I like or one that I don't like? I don't know. Um, oh, 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 oh. I know um, I know you're probably a fan of this guy's music. Mm-hmm. He was in a super group super and, and had a solo career. I'm assuming male, right? Yes, because okay. I said he. Yes. Very good. How observant. Um, Clock is ticking. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be that. Ten seconds. Lennon? Very good. Very good. It is John Lennon. Yes. Instant karma is going to catch up. (laughs) Very good. John Lennon is number six on my list. This happened on August the 23rd, 1974. How old were you then? Uh, Four. Me too. Three, four. Three or four. Somewhere in there. Dude, when were you born? (laughs) Then you were three. Well, yeah, well, I was born early in 71. So, no, you turned four first, and then I caught up with you for a few months, and then you turned five. You were three. Okay. I was... You was... Because I was born in 1970. Yes. 
in June of 1970. And then I came right around. Oh my God, it. everyone now knows how old I am. <laughs> Damn you and your you psychological old. warfare that you just played on me. You old fucker. Uh, I will get you back for this. <laughs> so this happened on August the 23rd, 1974. John Lennon reported seeing a UFO once again in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lennon's sighting occurred when he was with his personal secretary, a Miss May Pang. Were there two unidentified objects? Mm. Mm, could have been. I don't know. Uh, let's see. About this... <laughs> uh, let's see. His personal secretary, May Pang, in New York, and at the time when he and uh, Yoko Ono were separated. Mm, well, there you go. Yeah. There you yeah. go. It's amazing how Yoko Ono was his the love of his life, mm-hmm. but they were separated. He had a secretary named May Pang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Asian? Hmm. Do, you, do you see the shocked look on my face? Yes, I do. I, it's the same as mine. Same look. <gasps> oh, my God. Uh, so, he referred to the experience on the cover of his album, Walls and Bridges, mm-hmm. um, which was released, coincidentally enough, in 1974, uh, saying that he saw a UFO. And May Pang actually wrote a book, and she wrote in her book, and uh, the, the book was called Loving John. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so this is a quote from uh, a couple of paragraphs in her book. So I'm going to read this verbatim here. Okay, so this is the woman that was boning John Lennon. Well, this was well, his sex atta- I mean, secretary. <laughs> right, right, right. And then while he was writes, separated and from then, Yoko Ono. Well, and then she writes a book. I would have been separated John. from Yoko Ono, too. Yeah. I know. You know, so yeah, they were they were doing. Yeah, they the were bone. They you got to put two and two together. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, this is this is what she says in her book, and this is a rather long passage here. So just just bear with me here, and and I quote: We had just ordered up some pizzas, and since it was such a warm evening, we decided to step out on the terrace. What would it be like to be have your only claim to fame as I fucked a famous person? That would be like the entire Kardashian thing right there. That's why they're famous. <laughs> That's why Kim Kardashian is famous. Right. I'm sorry. I digress. Well, and her sisters are famous riding on Kim's coattails. So, in a sense, they're all famous because their sister made a celebrity sex. So, yeah, right. they're all famous for, for, for fucking. And yeah. so, this person is sort of the same. You know, she decided I, to write a book. Because I hesitate to call her being famous because I've certainly never heard of her. Well, yeah. I mean, well, and she, she tried to be famous. She, yeah, she wrote a book to try to cash in off right. of John Lennon. So, right. anyway, now I've forgotten where I was. <laughs> so I'm going to have to start from the top here. We had just, and I quote from Look. May Payne's book, Loving John. <laughs> Shut Did up. Did she love John a long time? <laughs> Oh, God. And I invited you to sit here. Hey, John, come on in. Nice to see you. Sit down. Okay. Anyway. Me love you a long time. You soldier boy. You sucky sucky. You give me $20, we go for four hour. That $5 an hour. I have my old mattress here in the alleyway. 
right. Oh, God. And I quote from May Pang's book, Loving John. We had just ordered up some pizzas, and since it was such a warm evening, we decided to step out onto the terrace. There were no windows directly facing us from across the street, so John just stepped outside with nothing on <laughs> in order to catch a cool breeze that was coming in off of the East River. Because yeah, it feels really good on poles. Mm. I remember I was just inside the bedroom getting dressed when John started shouting for me to come out on the terrace. I yelled back that I would be right there, but he kept screaming for me to join him in that instant. As I walked out onto the terrace, my eye caught this large circular object coming towards us. It was shaped like a flattened cone and on top was a large, brilliant red light, not pulsating as on any of the aircraft we'd seen heading for a landing at Newark Airport. When it came a little closer, we could make out a row or circle of lights that ran around the entire rim of the craft. These were also flashing on and off. Mm -hmm. There were so many of these lights that it was dazzling to the mind. It was, I estimate, about the size of a Learjet, and it was so close that if we had something to throw at it, we probably would have hit it quite easily. End quote. Mm. So, the object just passed by, and uh, she said... Um, it was very well written. Yeah, it was. And that answers your question, was she boning John? Well, apparently so, because they were naked in the bedroom. I guess so. So, I mean... Can't get any more... That's pretty straightforward yeah. right there. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> you know. I don't know if I'm going to be naked in the bedroom with my secretary. We're going to be boning. Well, yeah. You know. I mean, first of all, I need to have a secretary. Mm. But if I did and I was naked in the bedroom and she was naked in the bedroom... We'd be boning. Yeah. You know. Because they've just had to have a break for a smoke. Exactly. Step out on the terrace at night. Yeah. Let the wind tickle your balls. Mm -hmm. it's like she, that's not what she was doing earlier. No. You didn't. You didn't. You forgot about the balls. <laughs> I'm going to have to go outside and let the breeze hit them. So anyway, she goes on and she says, We often had helicopters flying above us, but this was as silent as the night and about 17 stories above street level. The object flew off, but returned later. And by this time... Oh, so it came back? Yeah. By this time, she and Lennon had set up a telescope and so they could try to see it in more detail. And she goes on to say, The light was so brilliant coming from the craft that no additional details could be seen. We did take a couple of pictures but they turned out overexposed. Mm -hmm. And they also called up a local newspaper to report the sighting, and they were told at least seven other people had seen it as well. And uh, she says, uh, we even called the police. That's how excited we were. And they told us to keep calm that others had seen it too. And so during what was left of the, the night, apparently John kept on saying, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I've seen a flying saucer. Yeah. 
So, in, you know, after boning, he sees a a UFO. Hmm. Yeah. Now, I, yeah. I, I admittedly don't know a lot about John Lennon. I'm not a big Beatles fan. Uh, not a huge John Lennon fan. He was a, a brilliant songwriter. He was a storyteller. I'm just not a big fan, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but uh, apparently... Um, he wrote a song about this, I think. Um, but I forgot to try to look that up and include it in this. But I, I, I remember somewhere at some point in time. Okay, fans around the world. Yeah. Which song is John Lennon referring to a UFO in it? Yeah. Let us. Nobody know. told me there'd be days like these. I don't know. Let us know. Let yeah. Let us know. So hey, we're at the top of the hour. Um, yeah, so I'm looking at the clock here. We're at the top of the hour, so why don't we take a quick break? Let these people listen to a little bit of UFO music, and uh, we'll get some liquid refreshment, and we'll come back in just a couple of minutes, and uh, you know, we'll continue to count down from six to one. There you go. Enjoy this. <laughs>
Do you want to get in touch with the show? Got a comment about tonight's episode? Maybe you've got an idea for a topic for a future episode. Email me, sandman at parareality.com. Leave a message on the studio line at 615-692-1170. Listen to new episodes of Parareality Radio the first Monday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time online at parareality.com. Turn on, tune in, and find out. I can take my teeth out of my mouth. I'll give you a toothless blowjob. $15. Only 15 No, five. $5. $5. No, $5. No, $5. Right, $5 right, get right, you a hand job. Right, seven. Ten. Ten max. $10 get you a hand job and I play with balls. Okay, done. I have mattress in the back, in the alley. <laughs> Only have a one stain on it. Look like a brud, but not really brud. It's not brud. Not brud. Not brud. No. Don't know what it is. <laughs> but it's not brud. Ten dollars. Give me you give me ten dollar first. I have no, I have one no, guy no. who wanna give me ten dollar afterward and then he run off. And I had to chase him down the street going, Hey guy! Hey guy, you give me my ten dollar <laughs> Okay. We're having too much fun. That was uh, Sammy Hagar with Silver Lights. That was the uh, song that I was referring to earlier about uh, space aliens I like and it. stuff like that. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a deep cut, dude. I've never heard of it until I was looking for songs to do for uh, for the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I love Sammy Hagar stuff, but I've never really listened to much of his solo uh, stuff before... Uh, he got famous with I Can't Drive 55 because no, a lot of that was when I was younger. Sammy Hagar was the heavy metal soundtrack. Yeah, uh-huh. Yep. That was the that's first when I time. first Yep, that's when I first heard Sammy Hagar too. And uh, then I got into some of his, whatever it was that he came out with after that with the mm-hmm. I Can't Drive 55 and all that. And then uh, whenever he uh, got in with Van Halen, um, I still really... Didn't know a lot of his music, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh man, this is not, this is not going to work." You know, uh, not that I was a huge David Lee Roth fan, but, but I, I mean, felt like Van, they were trying to reinvent the band. You know, had an established career. Yeah, right then, and, and it's and dude, they were, they it's were so hard to replace a front man yeah. in an established band that has hits and stuff. But he blew. David Lee Roth out of the water, of and that's when I became did. a huge Sammy Hagar fan. The, his best work ever yeah. was when he was with Van Halen, and, hands down. And, and Van Halen could not have had songs that intelligent with right? David Lee Roth singing them. Yep, they became more musically diverse. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and then you can have songs like "Right Now," you know, and that—that's a pretty deep song. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't do that. He's with still David making; Roth. they're still making money off of. Off of that song, yeah. I mean, like like licensing for commercials and and all that sorts of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was Sammy Hagar with "Silver Lights," mm-hmm. uh, deep cut from Sammy about UFOs and aliens, which not so coincidentally is the topic of this episode of Parareality Radio. We're talking about celebrity UFO sightings, and we already talked about uh, 
Sammy Hagar sighting. And let's let's uh, do the countdown here. Yes. There, remember, I only had 14. Why? Because I didn't want to do 15. So, number... There we go. Sorry, my papers got mixed up. So, number 14, Billy Ray Cyrus. Don't break my heart. Who tweeted it out. Tweeted it, tweeted it out. Yeah. With his spacey space. Uh, yeah. His Tweety so, page. His Tweety page. Uh, so, number 14, coming in number 14, Billy Ray Cyrus. Will Smith, number 13, coming in at number 12. Alexander the Great, number 11, Russell Crowe. 10 is Dan Aykroyd. 9, Mick Jagger. Sammy Hagar made the number 8 spot. Muhammad Ali, number 7. And number 6, we were just talking about him and making fun of him and everything. John Lennon. So now we're going to do the top six, and that starts off with someone who probably no one has ever heard of, at least not here in the United States, because this dude is Russian. He's a Soviet cosmonaut or Russian cosmonaut. His name is Viktor Afanyezev. Never heard of him. Yes. Uh, This happened in April of 1979. Mm -hmm. Um, He... uh, Lifted off from Star City to dock with the Soviet uh, Soyuz 6 space station. And while he was en route there, something strange happened to him. Uh, He saw an unidentified object turn toward his craft and begin tailing it through space while he was on the way to the space station. And this is what he said, and I quote, It followed us. Should I do it with a Russian accent? If you can. Yeah, uh, that no, that's awesome. not going to happen. This is what he said. Week or week or two. <laughs> it followed us during half of our orbit. I can't do a Russian accent. So it, this is what he says. It followed us during half of our orbit. We observed it on the light side. No words, towards the sun. Mm-hmm. And when we entered the shadow side, it disappeared completely. It was an engineering structure made from some type of metal approximately 40 meters long with inner hulls. The object was narrow here and wider here. I guess he was doing things with his hands. And inside there were openings. Some places had projections like small wings. The object stayed very close to us. We photographed it and our photos showed it to be 23 to 28 meters away. That's pretty darn close. Yeah, that's real close. I mean, that's nothing. Yeah. And when you're in orbit, for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. And in addition to uh, taking pictures of this thing, he continually reported back to uh, Mission Control about the craft's size, shape, and position. Mm-hmm. And when he came back to Earth, he was debriefed and told never to reveal what he knew. And he had, of course, all of his cameras and film confiscated. Right. Because you know that Soviet Russia was absolutely terrified mm. that America would have had the technology oh my God, yes. to confront somebody up in space. That would yeah. have been the first thing that they would have thought about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Instead of it being aliens, they would have thought that it was Americans. Yep. And, you know, those uh, those documents, the photos, and all that stuff never been released yeah. either. Even so to this even was to in, what, 79, you said? This was in 1979, in April of 1979. Since we were, what, two or three years from launching the space shuttle, weren't we, at that time? Mm, yeah. 
since what Columbia went up in 81, I think. God, it's so freaking hard to believe that the space shuttle program is that old. And they yeah. just retired it just a few years ago. I know. It's, it's a shame. Yeah. It really is a shame. Well, it, it, what it tells me is that the, uh, NASA has essentially given up. Yeah. Because if we had space shuttle technology back in the early 80s and we never improved upon it, mm. they were just like, oh, screw it. And, you know, when was it uh, uh, JFK in his uh, inaugural address said that, you know, we're going to go to the moon and back in this decade? And they did it in less than 10 years. They yep. went to the moon in 1969, and he gave that speech in, what, 60 mm-hmm. or whatever? And now... For us to go back to the moon, they're saying, "Oh, it's going to take you know twenty years or something like that for us to you know get everything ready." Yep. Bullshit! I call bullshit on I that. Don't, I don't know. I NASA mean, has given up. Yeah, Dude, they, they have. We given went up to the moon the with the complete infrastructure. The complete infrastructure that we had for taking people to the moon, they come. It was. Yeah. It was already getting be 15, 20 years out of date, it, and they disassembled. Yeah, man, we sent people to the moon and back multiple times yeah. with a computer that had a memory of a freaking Texas Instruments calculator. Yes. That's blowing my mind right there. How the hell did these people make it make it there yet alone back and nobody died? Almost. Or got lost. Almost or thirteen, but Yeah. But yeah, that's just the testament to what humans can do. Yeah, and now, like, the, all the freaking technology we that we've nothing. got, and we're like, oh, we, we we forgot how to do it. No, you didn't. You just don't want to. Mm-hmm. That's my take on it, anyway. So no, we don't want to. As a collective culture, we don't want to. We're too interested in other bullshit. Yeah. You know, we're too distracted by, other, by yep. other crap. So, getting back to the cosmonaut here... It, the only reason that he came forward with this is because the Soviet Union collapsed and it's, yeah. you know, yeah. not the Soviet Union anymore. It's Russia. Russia. And, um... Munich, now, place. yeah. Now, he, he, he feels like now, you know, is the only time he can safely tell his story. But he says it's still classified as a UFO because they've never really identified it. Right. And who knows how deep they went into trying to identify this thing, Yeah. too. You know, I mean, like you said, they were probably scared it was the U.S., but you never know. went a whole lot of detail trying to identify this. Yeah, I mean, this was at, you know, the height of the Cold War. I look at the 80s as really the the height of the Cold War, you know, and this was like knocking on the door. Maybe the 60s, 60s, maybe. There were a lot. Let's see, I wasn't around then. There were a lot of close calls. Well, yeah, the Bay of Pigs and and the Cuban... Yeah. Missile crisis and, and there, all that there crap. Were, there were a couple more. But you know, Professor X and the X Men took care of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yes. That's I Thank mean, I, I saw that documentary. Thank goodness. And the movies. Yes, I saw that documentary. It's true. Yeah. So uh, now we're going to move up to the top five. Now we're getting the top five. And I wanted to say really quick. Yes. On say it really quick. The fact quick. that you've got an astronaut saying something is sort of like how we attribute like pilots or something like that. You know, these are highly trained people yeah. that we depend upon with with our lives in the case of the pilot or in the astronaut. You know, 
That keeps making noise. Sharp mind, intelligent, got to know their math inside and out, got to know their physics inside and out, and, you know, they're pilots, they follow the rules. Yep, yep. You know, they're, they work with a team, and for them yep. to come out and say, hey, there's something that I can't explain, that that gives a lot more weight. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Than just Joe Blow off the street saying nice songs. Yep, 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 yep. Bring. <laughs> there's no one no one nope, that's nope, gonna nope, 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 nope. <laughs> there's no one that's listening to this show that's gonna get that reference whatsoever if you do <laughs> email me sandman at perreality.com and what let was me know that <laughs> yeah let us know because we know yep 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 <laughs> Meow. No, 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 no. Bring, bring. All right. You, okay. Anybody who knows that should have gotten it by now. So, uh, and speaking of astronauts, we're going to move into the top five. And number five, Buzz Aldrin. Buzz. Buzz. Buzz yes. He actually claims to have seen a UFO yes, on July 18th, 1969. He's the American version of old Yuri What's a snob? Exactly. Name. What's this? What's your schnoz? What's your schnoz? Yeah. So this happened in July, July eighteenth, nineteen sixty nine, to be specific. Uh, and he was while he was on the moon. Mm-hmm. And um, this is what he said in an interview. And I'm reading snippets of this interview here. Um, there was something out there that uh, was close enough to be observed. And what could it be? Mike Collins decided he thought he could see it in the telescope and he was able to do that and when it was in one position that had a series of ellipses but not when you made it real sharp it was sort of L-shaped that didn't tell us very much mm-hmm. now uh, NASA knew very little about the object reported by the Apollo 11 crew it was obviously an unidentified flying object, but such objects were not uncommon, and the history of even Earth orbit space flights going back over the previous years indicated that several crews saw objects. Right. Now, despite having a clear view of the UFO, the crew were, as you can expect, they were pretty wary of reporting this to uh, Mission right. Control. Right. And getting back to quoting Aldrin... Uh, he says, now, obviously, the three of us were not going to blurt out, hey, Houston, we got something moving alongside of us, and we don't know what it is. You know, can you tell, tell us what it is? Mm-hmm. We aren't about to do that, because we know that those transmissions would be heard by all sorts of people, and who knows what somebody would have demanded that we turn back because of aliens or whatever the reason is. Right. So we didn't do that. But we did decide we'd just cautiously ask Houston where, how, and far away was the SIVB. Right, the the secondary booster. Because when they separated from it, after they did their burn to escape Earth orbit, they separated it, and they were wondering whether or not it was traveling along to the moon. They were thinking it was, it was the, still on the trajectory. Exactly. And actually, the, I think that I just saw this past week where they saw photos they were uh, there's a 
an orbiter around the moon right now. Yeah. And taking pictures to survey the, the moon. And I think they finally saw the shadow of the, the Saturn S1B, whatever it was. Hmm. SIBB. SIBB. Really? Um, I think they found the, the shadow where the booster was on the surface of the moon. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I did not know that. If you can give me about two minutes, I'll find, I'll find okay. it out. But. So he continues, and this is what he says. And a few moments later, while they came back and said something like it was 6,000 miles away because of the maneuver. So we really didn't think we were looking at something that far away. So we decided that after a while of watching it, it was time to go to sleep and not talk about it anymore until we came back and went through a debriefing. debriefing. I was like, uh, okay, we're just not going to talk about it. We're going to bed. Mm-hmm. There's something following us. Eh, let's go to sleep. Well, what are we going to do about it? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, I would want to keep an eye on it so I could at I least would. know when death was coming. I would. You know? It's like, shit, are they going to come and abduct us or what? Well, to this day, whatever it was that the crew saw has never been positively identified or officially acknowledged. So, go figure. You know, But uh, I've heard that story before, and that's why I put it on. I, I thought it important to take... Uh, you know, at least a couple, and there are all kinds of, of uh, reported UFO sightings by astronauts. And I, I thought it important to take a couple of a uh, couple of astronauts and put on this this list, uh, especially the the guy that was the uh, the Soviet cosmonaut. Uh, I, I've seen a couple of different things about him, so right. I thought I would put it on here because I thought it interesting. I think I found that article. I think it yeah. was from December in 2015 that uh, they actually were able to spot the impact of the Apollo 16's booster crashed on the moon. How about that? And There's all kind of jump on the moon now. Slow internet speed right here. I could actually scroll up and... Hey, don't, ads. don't freaking diss my wireless internet here in the studio. No, it's not the wireless internet. It's the freaking ads that everybody is putting on their damn website nowadays. You, go you gotta make you, money, dude. You go when you look and try and find something, and it's like, no, we won't load because people are trying to make their money. Saturn three, stage three Saturn five rocket booster disappeared in 1972, Apollo 16 mission. Malfunction caused it to become lost. Unable to transmit tracking data. Jeff Pesia, Plesia, located the crash site using the lunar reconnaissance orbiter. How about that? So, I, I, there's always that question. I wonder if it was a piece of the booster rocket that was trailing on along with them. I think that's what the official story is, anyway. I think I might have miscounted here. What what number were we on? Um, it was number five. Um, it was either five. I think it was five. Oh, I must have miscounted. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I must have miscounted. Maybe it was only maybe it was thirteen instead of fourteen, <laughs> or maybe I missed. I don't know. Oh, uh, you count it. See what happens when I have an unexpected guest. It throws me off of my freaking game. Punch you up. One, two, yeah. three, four, five. Yeah. Six, seven, eight, nine, nine. ten. Ten. Soviet cosmonaut. Eleven. Eleven. Yeah, yeah, Twelve. Five. 13, 14. Nope, I counted right. Okay. So that was... That, that was number five. That was had to be number four. So, so this no, is three... This would be number four. 
That's four. three. That's two. And that's one. One. Yeah, see? Okay. Who cares? Next. <laughs> just throw the papers out yes. behind you, just like whatever. So, <laughs> next we have someone who I have, have always been a big admirer of, although, I, I admittedly, I, I never got to see much of this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's one of the most famous news anchors of all time, and he makes everybody else today, even Dan freaking Rather, look like an amateur. You know who it is? Come Yo, on. yeah. Yeah, Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite. That's the way it is, buddy. Yeah, Dad was in Vietnam, and he has a really interesting take on Walter Cronkite. I think yeah. he's sort of got half an axe to grind with with uh, his reporting in Vietnam. I I honestly before my time, dude. I, I honestly haven't been able to have this discussion with him yet, so I may do this pretty soon. Just try and figure out what what it was that that made him upset over Walter with Walter Cronkite. Cronkite? Okay. So, you know, since talking about Vietnam is is sort of can be tough. Well, especially if you're, yeah, especially if you're, you're, you're a veteran, you know, I can get, I can totally get that. So, so for, for those of you who do not know who Walter Cronkite was, he was the anchor of CBS news for what, 20 something years or or something. And his, he was famous for whenever he signed off, he would go, and that's That's the way way it it is, is. you know, and he had, boy, he had just, he had this great voice. Mm -hmm. And a commanding presence, and he was very well respected within course, the industry. And this was this was before the time of the twenty-four hour news cycle. You yes, know, when news people were respected to be a voice. You know, this yeah. is where you got your information because they actually because they actually reported on real news, right? And and not you know freaking Miley Ray Cyrus, you know, mm-hmm. took a shit and wiped her ass today type deal. You know, so. This happened in 1950, so well before our time here, and this was in the South Pacific. Now, in the 1950s, Cronkite... They were doing nuclear testing in the South Pacific at this time, weren't they? I don't know. I wonder if they were. Well, what he was doing out there was he was part of of a pool of news reporters... Brought, he was brought out to a small South Pacific island to watch the test of a new Air Force missile. Okay. So I, I don't think this is nuclear, but okay. it's an Air Force missile. <laughs> so after a short inspection of the new system by the reporters, they were led to an area that was a safe distance away from the launch site, mm-hmm. and the missile was mounted on a specifically built launcher that was attached to a cement base. It was obvious that the area had been built quickly just for this test, and the details about the missile were going to be given to the reporters in the form of handout sheets and press releases after the test was done. Right. So Cronkite mentioned that he and the other reporters had been warned that photography of the missile test and any audio transmissions or recordings by the press were strictly forbidden. They would, uh, they they'd have to give a written account of the event, mm-hmm. and just as the test was ready to proceed, everybody was writing as fast as they could on their notebook papers and everything. And as Air Force security personnel walked around the perimeter of the test area with guard dogs, 
and the news reporters were watching. The missile was fired up and about to be released, and just then, a large disc-type UFO appeared over the launch site. Now, Cronkite guessed that the... Maybe so. It just said it just been there. It is, yeah. And Cronkite guessed that the object was around fifty or sixty feet in diameter. It was a dull gray color and had no visible means of propulsion. Because the noise of activity around him and the missile engine was so loud, he couldn't tell whether this disc made any noise itself, and he didn't notice any coming directly from the object. Mm -hmm. But you know, because there was so much going on, he couldn't couldn't tell if they was making noise or not. So Air Force guards ran towards this UFO with their dogs. when well, they're going to stick the dogs on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, the disc hovered about 30 feet off of the ground, and it suddenly sent out a blue beam of light, which struck the missile, a guard, and a dog all at the same time. And the missile was frozen in midair, about 70 feet from the launcher as after it had taken off. And the guard was frozen in mid-step, and the dog was frozen in mid-air because it was jumping up yeah, at the disc. Could, I thought they couldn't get close to it. All right, so Walker Cronkite, so Cronkite and Cronkite. Cronkite, Cronkite, and all his reporter buddies—they're isolated. Yeah, they're standing off at they're standing off at a distance. They're standing at a far distance. Yeah. you know, like. like Thousand yards, miles, something. Uh, like that. So they're they're far away, yeah. way, way, way. Okay, and so then he sees UFO comes UFO zipping in, and it's right on top of the the missile or near the missile, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, so far away, so the missile's all teeny and everything like that, and then this UFO comes over here. He's guessing that it's thirty feet. He's guessing. That it was fifty to sixty feet in diameter. And it doesn't say how far from it we. Oh yeah, thirty feet off of the ground. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, I did miss that. Thirty feet off the ground. So I, I guess what I'm really curious is how far away was he from that missile? I don't know. And then there's how if he was if he was far away from that missile to be at a safe distance. You mm-hmm. know, I'm assuming that it's not going to be like twenty feet. Something like that. Well, one would he's, one would assume it would be a lot further than be, twenty feet. You know, a good football field length. Probably. Field lengths, yeah. You know, I would on, say fifty to hundred yards would be a good safe distance, depending on depending on the size on, of the missile. Right. You know. So we just don't know how far away it's from it. But so yeah. so he saw this fifty to sixty foot in diameter thing, thirty feet off the ground, mm-hmm. and he saw a person. Right by it, who was frozen in mid-step, and a dog was mid-leap, but mm-hmm. he could be a thousand yards away. Yeah, this is Walter Cronkite here. I, I, I can't see that. This good. is not Brian Williams. This is Walter Cronkite. And maybe he's got supervision. Maybe he had binos. He he might. I don't know, but he he said that uh, this all happened within the span of about five minutes or less. Right. So this wasn't like a short sighting, but it wasn't like a super long sighting either. Right. Five minutes, I think, for a UFO sighting is pretty pretty decent. That, that's like be like forever if you're just like, oh my god, what was this? And well, probably stand still. And by the way, if people keep hearing a sound like wind blowing or whatever, it's the air conditioning here in the studio. 
well, it gets better. It gets better because suddenly the missile exploded and then the disc vanished. Hmm. Okay. And the guard and the dog, they both looked to be okay, but they, they were, were quickly taken away by medical personnel. Huh. And uh, not to be seen again, apparently. And at the same time, the rest of the guards, they took all the reporters and put them in a concrete observation bunker. Mm-hmm. And after about 30 minutes of just sitting there in the bunker without being let out, they were brought out into the in, outside again, and they were addressed by an Air Force colonel. And he said, oh, that was all part of the test. Yeah. Yeah, we were working on that. was all t- part of the test. Right, right. Uh, it was supposed to blow up. Yeah, there was supposed to be that thing coming around. Right. And And... Cronkite said this guy was obviously making everything up as he went along. Mm -hmm. And he said that the event was staged to test media reaction to UFOs. And he reinforced the usual line to the reporters that flying saucers probably aren't extraterrestrial, but what people were seeing was, you know, secret planes being tested by the Air Force. Mm -hmm. And this test was designed to show the media how shocking it could be to suddenly view a new technology. And, well, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, well, Cronkite was certain that what he saw was a new technology, but he was also pretty sure that it wasn't an earthly technology. And he didn't believe the Air Force explanation then, and he didn't believe it at the time that he told this story. And as far as I know... He never believed it. Um, After the event, the reporters were told that since it was a test of media reaction to new technology, that they couldn't report about it. Mm -hmm. So no video photography, no pictures. The only thing to do was write it down. And then after the event happened, they're like, now you can't even write about it. Oh, great. Uh, but they said they would be compensated later with exclusive stories on new Air Force projects which obviously a promise that they never kept. And uh, being as, as Walter Cronkite was a very private man, and being as private as he was, he never did share this with anybody up until, I don't know um, what time in his life he finally came out of this, but he never really shared this with a lot of people, and he never really disclosed his own beliefs about UFOs beyond this story here. Um so he never like publicly came out on the record and said, I believe in UFOs or right. this was a UFO right. or anything like that. But, you know, Walter Cronkite was extremely, extremely respected. Yes. And, you know, I, I would hesitate him to make up a story like this. Of course, yeah. you know, people would say the same thing about, you know, Dan Rather and Brian Williams. You know, they were extremely respected and no one would think they would make up a story yet. Look what happened to those guys, right? You know, right. so but I would I would be shocked if Walter well, Cronkite. This is an interesting story on multiple levels. I mean, first of all, it, it having rockets blow up, test rockets blow up, is not an uncommon occurrence. You don't want oh, no. it to be uncommon, but you know it is rocket science after all. <laughs> yeah. So you know these things blow up and they blow up spectacularly. Yes. Just on their own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you don't have to have an alien coming up to make these things go up in flames. Yeah. So, 
you could have had this story completely go on without the UFO and nobody would have thought any the wiser of it. Yeah. But it's just the fact of the UFO that makes it... Add that in there. And, yeah, it's yeah. like, uh, wait a minute, all right, so... Then, okay, assume that the UFO is there. Then it does raise the question, is it alien? Is it really the technology that the U.S. Air Force... Well, see, that's that's what I was thinking was, if it's just a, your standard, standard run-of-the-mill missile... Now, this was a new missile, mm-hmm. okay? But if it's just... Even though it was new, let's just say it was a standard run-of-the-mill explosive missile. Right. Why would aliens want to come down and blow it up? Right, exactly. It's, was it exactly our biggest what? or baddest? Yeah, what, what about that particular missile made these aliens say, we're going to blow that the fuck up? Right. We don't and, want this to launch. And not blow up the other you know, giant intercontinental ballistic missiles that yeah. we're building. And maybe the, it had the evidence. The blue. It, it knew. It had the secret location. The only thing that I can figure out that that makes plausible sense is that the UFO was just flying by in the vicinity when they detected a missile going off, and right. they thought they were being, you know, uh, fired upon, so they retaliated. That that's the only thing that makes sense to me. I, yeah, I guess. Nothing else is, is makes plausible sense to me. Of course, you know, they could have just hit the warp drive and just, screw you guys. Yeah, but why do that when you can impress somebody by blowing some shit up? Okay, well, if, the, if we're going to impress humanity by blowing some shit up, why don't we do it in real time? <laughs> it's like, city? Fuck your city. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was real time. It's like, but that... I mean, well, on. maybe, they, like I said, maybe they thought they were they were being shot at. Maybe they were just flying by, you know, doing the old flyby. Okay, who are we going to aimly probe tonight? Yeah. And all of a sudden, oh, look, sir, there's a missile being being shot. And fuck your missile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and while we're at it. Hey, y'all, we're, watch this. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to fuck your city, too, because you fucked with us. Huh. I don't know. And there goes Sydney, Australia, just, and just wiped out. <laughs> I mean, if, if I if I was an alien, you know, eh, I'd, I'd want to be vindictive because I would have had the power. Well, that's that's, that's what I'm saying. That's power, you ants. They did. They showed the power by freezing stuff and then blowing it up. So, but why man, a run of the I see your missile and I fuck you in the ass with it. Why just a run-of-the-mill missile? I mean, if you're going to shoot... Well, obviously... Humanity, Maybe they thought they were being fired upon. They were flying by. Humanity has declared war upon us. We must destroy them. But And then at the last minute, they got called back. No, you can't fuck with them. Don't... don't Remember the, the Prime Directive. Don't, right. Remember the Prime Directive. You, you're getting recalled right now. Right now. Before you can I don't, attack dude, I don't any know. other cities. I don't know. I have no idea. I do. I wasn't there. I'm not the aliens. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know. Yeah. Okay. So we digress, but I like having debates about you with this stuff. Yeah. But like I said, the only thing that makes any type of sense to me, if anything can be made sense out of with this, is that they were flying by. They detected a missile launch. Thought they were being fired upon, and they went down and said, "Bam! Mm-hmm. There's your missile. Take that." You can't, you can't touch me. You can't touch this. Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. 
So there you go. That's that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Okay. All right. So now we get to the to the top two. Whatever count we were on, we're down to two. Whatever number we were on, we're now down to number that would two. Be three. No, we're <laughs> dude. We're down to two. Well, it was three. I'm looking, and we're down to two. What whatever whatever number we were on, see, we now have two left. And there's two, and then yeah. there's three. Well, we're down to two. Okay. We're on number two. And this is where we start getting all presidential. You had talked about Jimmy Carter at the right. top of the show. This is where we get to Jimmy Carter. He's my number two, President Jimmy Carter, January the 6th, 1969. Now, you notice a lot of these dates occurred in 69, mm-hmm. and and some of them were in the early 70s and stuff right after we started our space program, right That's after we went to the moon. This is when the Enterprise came back in time mm-hmm. and tried to prevent the launch of the nuclear missile platform into Earth orbit, and Gary 7 got intercepted by the Enterprise and then had to complete his mission with their help. So, What episode? What was, the, what was the name of the episode? I'm going to be disappointed it, if you don't know. Assignment, I, think Dude, it was I don't Earth. know. I think it was Assignment Earth. Okay, sure that, that I'll take time. your word for it. I have no freaking idea. You could have told me anything, and I would have been like, yeah, sure, because I don't know. So while you're doing that, I'm going to talk about President Jimmy Carter on January the 6th, 1969 in Leary, Georgia. It was two years before he became president of Georgia. Uh, So he was preparing to give a speech at a Lions Club meeting. Yes, it was assignment Earth. Very good. I'm proud of you. Cha-ching. You get a no prize. You get the Parareality Radio no prize. There you go. Well, you're going to have that too. (laughs) So, he was at a at a Lions Club meeting, and he was preparing to give a speech around a quarter after seven in the evening. And uh, one of the guests called his attention to a strange object that was visible about 30 feet above the horizon to the west of where he was standing. He described the object as being bright white and about as bright as the moon. Mm-hmm. It was said to have appeared to have uh, closed in on where he was standing, but to have stopped beyond um, a, a row of pine trees that was, uh, it just said some distance from him, some unknown distance from, from him. And the object is then said to have changed color, first to blue, then to red, then, to bl- and then back to white, mm-hmm. before uh, appearing to recede into the distance. Now, Jimmy Carter felt that the object was self-luminous, but not solid in nature, if that makes sense. His report indicates that it was witnessed by about maybe 10 or 12 other people, Mm -hmm. and it was in view for 10 to 12 minutes before it passed out of sight, which is a very long time to have a a UFO sighting. Yes. That's a significant amount of time. He said uh, there were about 20 of us standing outside of a little restaurant, I believe a high school lunchroom, and a kind of green light appeared in the western sky. This was right after sundown. The western sky, right mm-hmm. after sundown. Mm-hmm. And it was green? Mm-hmm. Dude. It got brighter and brighter, and then it eventually disappeared. It didn't have any solid substance to it, but it was very peculiar looking. None Dude. of us could understand yes. what it was. Oh, my God. You think yes, you know what it was? I know what this is. I look, I'm going to look up a picture of it. And he later stated that all of a sudden, one of the men looked up and said... Look over in the west, and there was a bright light in the sky. Uh, he said they all saw it, and then the light got closer and closer, and then it stopped, 
He didn't know how far away it was, but it stopped beyond the pine trees. And all of a sudden, it changed color to blue, and then it changed to red, and then back to white. And he said, and we were trying to figure out what in the world it could be, and then it receded into the distance. Hmm. Um, he says, uh, this was like, this This here's a direct quote. Um, it was the darndest thing I've ever seen. It was big, it was very bright, it changed colors, and it was about the size of the moon. Mm-hmm. We watched it for 10 minutes, but none of us could figure out what it was. One thing's for sure. I'll never make fun of people who say they've seen unidentified objects in the sky. Mm-hmm. If I become president, I'll make every piece of information this country has about UFO sightings available to the public and the scientists. And of course he didn't. Right. Wish he would have. Yeah. So what do you think that he was? He was controlled by the conspiracy. He was controlled by there the bigger an, government. There is an optical phenomenon called the green flash. And it happens... Tell us something from comic it, books. It happens during sundown or sunset right above the horizon. And it's a, a bending of the light as the sun is going down under the horizon where you see a little bit of green flash above mm-hmm. the sun, you know. And I actually have some pictures of it right here. Uh, yeah. hmm. So you have some green... Literally, it looks green. And then how the optical disturbance can make something that looks round something into more... Yeah, wow, that looks like a... A, is, a straight... It looks UFO like a UFO, shape. yeah. Yeah. And all it is is just the optical bending of light. Well, what about the, the changing colors and the, the getting closer and stuff? Now, I'm I'm assuming that as, you know, because the sun is going down, it's going to take a few minutes for that, that to move. Maybe that could be the, the time that it took for this effect to finally disappear. Maybe so. Interesting, so, interest, interesting. Uh, see, that's why I like to have you on the show. So you, you can you can look up green, interesting. Take. You can look up green flash for yourself, like, and you can look at pictures of it in effect, and it's it's really neat. I could see if I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I, I saw that, that I'd be like, that was a, that, UFO. That's a UFO. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely for sure. But it's actually the sun going down behind different temperatures and pressure layers. Sweet. Learn something new every day. Yeah. All right. I really well, wonder if that was it. Could have been. That's a that's a that's a pretty good damn bet. That's I I, I could put money down on that okay. if I were a betting man. So now we come to my number one, which is another president. Thank you, thank you for that. Come to my number one, which is another president, the greatest president in modern times. May he rest in peace, President Ronald Reagan. Yep. So Jimmy Carter's story was pretty good, mm-hmm. which you know that involved sighting unusual object and a group of men. We were at the Lions Club shortly before he became president or governor of Georgia, way before he became president. Right. It was a couple of years before he became governor. However, aside from observing a light that changed colors and appeared to move closer as he was looking at it, little else can be said about about that mm-hmm. you know other than it was a strange light which he really didn't officially report in, until uh, after he became governor right 
But perhaps no one would have quite as an extraordinary connection with UFOs and also go on to serve in the office of President of the United States as actor-turned-president Ronald Reagan, or the Gipper, as he was so affectionately known. Uh, it still stands out among reports of uh, exotic aerial phenomenon as being something that was pretty genuine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the details of Reagan's UFO encounter were apparently unintentionally released to a reporter with the Wall Street Journal shortly after the sighting took place. When Reagan described it uh, what year? to, uh, oh God, what year was this? Oh, I didn't, I didn't write the year down. I cannot remember. I'm sorry. I did not write that down. Hmm. Nope, I did not write that down. Sorry, I just wonder if it no. was early in his, oh, you can his find eight-year it. term. Or he was governor, late, I think. Oh, this was way when he was governor. I believe he was governor, right. yeah. Um, he he accidentally told uh, Norman so Miller. Alzheimer's then. No, no, no. This was well before that. He, did, he told this to Norman Miller, who was a reporter for the Wall Street Journal. This uh, he, so I described it. A white light that he and his company aboard the uh, the his private uh, Cessna. That was when he was governor of California. Had mm-hmm. he had seen that then. Uh, however, what's arguably the best description of the encounter was described by the pilot at the time, uh, Bill uh, Painter. And this is what he said. And I quote: "We were flying a Cessna Citation. It was maybe nine or ten o'clock at night." We were near Bakersfield when Governor Reagan and the others called my attention to a big light flying a bit behind the plane. Mm -hmm. It appeared to be several hundred yards away. It was a fairly steady light until it began to accelerate and then appeared to elongate. The light took off. It went up at a 45-degree angle at a high rate of speed. Everyone on the plane was surprised. Governor Reagan expressed amazement. I told the others I didn't know what it was. The UFO from a normal cruise speed to a fantastic speed, it went like that instantaneously. Mm-hmm. If you give an airplane power, it will accelerate, but not like a hot rod, and that is what this thing was like. We didn't file a report on the object because for a long time they considered you a nut if you saw a UFO. Mm-hmm. And this is how Ronald Reagan describes it. I was in a plane, and when I looked out the window, I saw the white light. It was zigzagging around, so I went up to the pilot and asked, Have you seen anything like that before? Or should I say, Have you seen anything like that before? <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you. The surprised pilot... The Cessna is small, so you don't yeah. really have to go up. All you have to do is just kind of lean up in yeah. the seat and then you yell over the microphones, yeah. Hey, what yeah. was that? The surprised pilot replied, Nope. I said, Well, let's follow it. And we followed it for several minutes. It was a bright white light. We followed it to Bakersfield, and all of a sudden, to our utter amazement, it went straight up into the heavens. And that's how Ronald Reagan described it Hmm. to uh, the reporter from the Wall Street Journal. Wow. Now, for reasons that should be obvious already, this remains one of the most, if not the most important observations of a USO, UFO by a U.S. politician. Right. Uh, while the... Uh, well, because he's a president, right? I mean, it, it, it just... It's an amazing story mm-hmm. just simply before it's 
clarity, it's mm-hmm. directness, and the fact that you know not only you know you've got a report from the old giver, but also yeah. from the pilot too. And while the object remained ambiguous, its behavior was both inconsistent with the contra- with uh, conventional aircraft, and um, it as well as it highly unusual, even exotic. Once you know you you, you hear of its getting you know longer being getting elongated and it takes off like a hot rod yeah so you know there's there's all kind of peculiar things about this and of course the entire incident uh here we go it transpired in 1974 Mm -hmm. uh it it it, that makes it all the more confusing what kind of aircraft in 1974 known or unknown could have employed that kind of technology i mean we still don't have no, in, in fact, given the scope of technology that we've got today, there's no modern-day aircraft mm-hmm. that's going to be able to easily fit that criteria of what Reagan and his entourage saw, I mean, especially his pilot, Mr. Painter. I, I mean, you know. I you, mean, a, a Cessna isn't exactly the fastest aircraft out there, so I imagine, you know, if a jet was to come up right at next to him, maybe it would look like a jet, but certainly the pilot would have recognized yeah, it exactly. as a jet, I would have I would assume. So, you know, you got to consider that Reagan also went on to serve as the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief. His encounter, you know, you could argue that it's probably going to stand out among the more important UFO encounters of the last century. Just because he's President of the United States and was saying, hey, I saw a UFO. But now we don't trust any of our presidents. Mm. And, and no. we certainly don't trust any of the candidates either. Hell no. This is, trust nobody. I don't even know that I'm going to vote. That's how disgusted I oh. am with this. So there you go. There is my list of celebrity UFO sightings. Yay. Yay. And we got, oh, look, we have plenty of time. We finished that before our two-hour mark. So, uh, yeah, that, that does it. I want to thank to... Uh, Send a thank you out to John Harrison for oh, stopping you. in kind of unexpectedly here and, and agreeing to sit in on a two-hour-long show. This is... I thank all the listeners worldwide, too. Uh, I think this officially right here makes you the uh, guest with the most appearances on the show because this is four. All right. Yeah, so I, I think this I, I think this makes you stand out among uh, people who've been guests on the show four times, so... Yeah, thanks. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. We'll have to celebrate one day. We'll definitely love you coming giving a, an interesting opinion. Yeah, and I, I appreciate it. It was, very, it was unexpected, and uh, it will always have good rating. We, I have, number one, I think we've got a good rapport, and we always have a good fun time whenever we're, we're doing the show. Even, even though some of the topics uh, I try to present in a serious matter, it's sometimes hard to do, but that's okay because we have good rapport. We have a great interaction. And I think the, the listeners of the show can hear that. So, I hope so. And once again, I appreciate it. And uh, you always have a standing invitation anytime uh, you want to come by uh, the studio and just check in, see what I'm doing. If I'm doing a show, you're more than welcome to sit in and be a co-host. Just have to pop back in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, you know, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. We had a conversation not too long ago about you being a co-host on my side project, set it off. So, oh, oh. you know that that I'm offering you the position oh. if you if you would like to do it. But we'll talk about that later. So okay. there's there's a potential that you could be a regular on uh, set it off. But we'll talk about that later. Well, everybody, that about does it for the show. I hope that you 
uh, enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of out of it. So let me know what you thought about it by dropping me an email, sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. You can get in touch with me on Twitter. That's at Radio on Twitter. You can call me, the studio line, 615-692-1170. Those are all the different ways you can get in touch with me. Heck, you can even get on, get in touch with me on Facebook. Just look up Sandman Parareality or Parareality Radio there on Facebook. Those are all the different ways that you can get in touch with me and let me know about the show. So if you got a comment, a, an opinion, you want to answer some of our little trivia questions, some of our little challenges we're throwing out at you, please feel free let me know. Get in touch with me. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Parareal Radio. Follow me on Facebook, Sandman Parareality, or Parareality Radio there on Facebook. Send me an email, sandman at parareality.com. Call the studio line, 615-692-1170. Those are all the ways you can get in touch with me. So finally, we're going to get back on schedule next month. The show's going to be, I know my little commercial said the first Monday, but remember I'm changing it to the first Friday of the month. So my next show is going to be on Friday, August the 5th, 2016. Topic is as of yet to be determined. I hope that you uh, uh, will turn on, tune in, and find out, as always. And everybody, I hope that this radio show opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way that you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then... Where you see the true power of the universe. Good night, everybody. And on behalf of my guest, Mr. John Harrison. Good night, night, everyone. We will see you again on Friday, August 5th, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Good night, everybody.
petrol shot. Cause the man from Mars stopped eating cars and eating bars. And now he only eats guitars. Yeah. <laughs>